Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we're continuing our study of theological controversies, and today we're going to talk about the celebration of communion or the Lord's Supper, um, or in the Catholic tradition, they call it Mass. So, Communion is actually from, or the Lord's Supper is actually from the Jewish Passover. That's when Jesus instituted this. And we find this in Matthew 26, Mark 14, Luke 22, and John 13. So all four of the Gospels talk about this celebration where he did this. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 26. Really doesn't matter which one. And we're going to see that this is a memorial of Jesus' death on the cross. Down in Matthew 26 and verse 26, While they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he had, had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So that section there in all four of the Gospels, which is recorded in all four, um, is when Jesus instituted what we now call communion or the Lord's Supper. It really happened during the Jewish Passover. And what was Jesus saying they should do? There is another recording of this instance in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from the Apostle Paul, where he says this, um, beginning in verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And then he goes on to talk about some regulations for it and how we should do that appropriately. But for our discussion today, let's talk about some ways that People misinterpret the Lord's Supper or communion or how they completely pervert it in some ways as well. Because this is supposed to be a beautiful memorial that just as the Passover lamb was sacrificed for Passover to signify that they were not being killed by the death angel during the Exodus, but he took the place of the firstborn, and uh, the blood was to put on the doorpost and on the lintel, and 
that night, then they would leave. And in the same manner, Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, was instituting us to remember him. It says here to do this in remembrance of him, that um, when we observe this, and in the context would be Passover, so every time the Jews would have a Passover, they would remember that this is about Jesus. This isn't just about the Exodus, but this is about Jesus who redeemed us with his body and his blood, uh, not just a lamb at the Passover. And so, communion, first of all, just like we talked about with baptism last week, does not gain us any more favor with God. Um, if, I, if I do communion more often, it doesn't mean that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit more often or that God somehow shows extra favor on me. I get extra stars or extra credit points. Um, because I do it monthly versus annually as it originally was instituted by the Jews. Um, it doesn't, doesn't get you any more favor with God. Now, are we supposed to do it? Absolutely. It is a commandment of God. God commanded that we do it because he wants us to regularly remember what he did and not just get along with life and have the cares of life take us down a road and for us to completely forget his sacrifice for us. And so he does institute this as a command, but the command is not so that um, we somehow get more grace from it or more mercy or more of God in our life or more of the Holy Spirit, but it's so that we get more focus on his death, burial, and resurrection and how that intertwines with our lives. And so we are doing this as a memorial remembering him. And it's fitting that we do this as a memorial and Passover, which um, doesn't quite exactly line up with Easter. Nowadays, we observe it especially on Easter um, because that is a remembrance of what when he died on the cross. And that is the, the time of year that he died. So it's very fitting for that purpose. So what are some of the errors? Um, the mass error assumes incorrectly that every time that we observe this rite or ritual or um, this action, this remembrance, this memorial, that somehow Jesus is crucified again, and it's applied to your sins. Um, I'm not even sure where they get that because it never says that he's going to be crucified again and again and again and again. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, For Christ also died for sins once for all the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. So how often does that mean that they hadn't 
somehow observed the Lord's Supper between when Jesus died and when Peter wrote this first of his epistles? <laughs> I doubt it. Um, I, I would bet that they observed it a number of times before that. And so that it's just absurd to say that Christ is, is crucified every time that this happens. And when the Catholics observe what they call Mass, that's exactly what they believe. And instead, First Peter says that uh, it's once for all that he died for sins. Again, in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 10, By this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, once for all. Again, the writer of Hebrews, whoever it is, whether it's Paul or someone else, says that he offered his body once for all. Verse 11, every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. So the writer of Hebrews is making the contrast between the Levitical priesthood, which had to do this time after time after time after time after time after time, and they're contrasting that with Christ, who did this once for all. There's no more sacrifices required. There's no more sacrifices that are that could be possible. And so the the thought that somehow when we observe this that Jesus is crucified again, first of all, is completely unnecessary. Second of all, it's completely um, wrong theologically and biblically. And thirdly, I don't even see why. Why? It, somehow so that you get some more of Christ applied to you so that your sins can now be forgiven? Well, that's saying that your sin, his death on the cross wasn't enough to forgive all your sins in the first place. And that, my folks, is heretical. And so that idea is definitely not correct. There are some other ideas um, about what happens with the bread and the juice or the wine during the communion or Lord's Supper observance. Some believe that the bread becomes the body of Christ as you consume it or whether it becomes as the priest or pastor or whoever blesses it or asks the blessing on it, which is kind of funny because they don't bless it. God would be the one to bless it. And the same with the cup, they believe, becomes the blood of Christ. And somehow then, it, as you consume it, uh, it becomes a part of you and a part of your life and such. There's two such errors with this. One is called transubstantiation. And that is the belief that the bread and juice literally become Christ's body and blood. The second is consubstantiation, and that is the belief that Christ is spiritually present in the bread and the juice. First of all, 
Um, the second one, consubstantiation, that he's spiritually present. Some they they get these from the Gospels and from First Corinthians eleven, where he says, "This is my body, and this is my blood." And so they assume that Christ is somehow saying that this is is literally my body. Which has a, a few problems. First of all, it was forbidden, and still is, um, to consume a human body. Cannibalism is forbidden by God. Read it in the Old Testament. Cannibalism is, is forbidden by God. Um, not only is cannibalism forbidden, but even more so, consuming blood is forbidden by God. Again and again and again, because the life is in the blood. So even when they were doing the sacrifices, they were supposed to drain the blood next to the altar. And then they could do the sacrifice because that sacrifice, uh, part of that sacrifice was going to be consumed by the priests. They could not consume blood. That's also why we don't, when we eat animals, we drain the blood. That's when I go deer hunting, I hang the deer and drain the blood before we chop it up and get it ready to eat because it is forbidden strictly again and again by God to uh, for cannibalism and for eating blood. So that's a huge problem with this, this idea. Would Jesus actually tell them to consume his body and his blood contrary to his own commandments as God the Son, uh, his own commandments as the Father in the Old Testament? Um, no, he's not going to contradict himself. Another problem with this is that they're here, they're observing the Passover, which had the blood drained, by the way. Um, and he's taking the bread and he says it's his body. Now, he didn't take his finger off and give it to them and say, here, have a piece of me. Eat a piece of me or his toes, or, or his arm, or any other part of his body. He broke bread, which should have been clear, and he used wine, which should have been clear that the two of those are symbols, and not they're, they're metaphors for things. They're not the actual thing. They're metaphors. Jesus used many symbols to illustrate truths in the Bible. Um, Jesus did say that his body, this was his body and his blood. However, uh, in the context, by the way, of, of Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3, which he used at the temptation, where he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Remember, Jesus is the word of God incarnate. 
John chapter 1. And so uh, he also said, though, that he was a door. He was the door of the sheep. Um, he, He said he was the light of the world. So now every time you walk through the front door of the church, does that mean you're walking through Jesus? Every time you um, have, you know, I have lights on. Does that mean they're Jesus? When I walk outside during the daytime, is the sun Jesus? How about at night? Is the moon Jesus? Well, obviously not. He was illustrating metaphorically things that were truths with symbols. He also said that Herod was a fox and that the religious leaders, the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, were vipers. So did the Pharisees and Sadducees then start slithering on the ground and biting people with toxic um, venom? Did Herod run around with a fluffy tail chasing rodents? Obviously, those are absurd. They're, They're not indeed those animals. And this is a memorial. And so he is saying, whenever you eat this bread, I want you to remember my body that was broken for you. Just like you are breaking this bread in the Passover service, in the Passover observance, at the same time you break that bread, I want you to think, oh, Jesus' body was broken for me. And at the same time you drink this cup, which is part of the Passover observance, I want you to remember, oh, and why did he use wine? Because it's red. It looks like blood. And so whether it's wine or grape juice or red Kool-Aid, the symbol is the same. As you drink that during your observance of communion, the Lord's Supper, Passover, whatever you want to call it, you are to remember Jesus' blood was shed for my sins. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And so his blood covers over my sins, just like the blood of the Passover lamb was put on on the top and the sides of the doorpost, and so that when the death angel passed over, I was saved from being killed. And so it's a reminder that Jesus is our Passover lamb. This isn't to to somehow mystically make Jesus a part of your body. Um, There's nothing mystical about it. The Holy Spirit already indwells you if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about that later in one of the other theological controversies that we're going to cover. But just remember that communion or the Lord's Supper is an observance to remember what Jesus did for us. And it's not some mystical hocus-pocus It's simply to jog our fallible memories. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Freedom Fridays.